welcome to the Crinkle Podcast with me, Dylan. And today I've captured... Hi, my name is Pup Tiggs. Who are you as a person? Um, if you don't mind me interrogating you on that. <laughs> uh, me personally, I'm a automotive enthusiast slash musician. What type of community are you in? Ooh, uh, obviously, pup community and also the baby fur community. And so, like you said, how you were a baby, like you're part of the baby fur, so I will just assume that you're also part of the ABDL community too? Correct. So how did you um, get into the community? Like if you don't mind me asking, like which one you were a part of first? Uh, so at first I was actually in the Dom Little dynamic. Um, for as long as I remember, honestly. Okay. And um, I am a switch. So most times I'm more dominant and whatnot. But obviously my accounts are more catered to my little side, which I'm still exploring. And um, from there, one of my automotive friends is actually a furry which got me intrigued into it. And from there, I just kept doing research and research and so much. And then I found out that there's actually a mix of the two, uh, which is the baby fur uh, community. And that really resonated with me because it's like, oh, I could be all cutesy and whatnot and still have like the my ABDL side as well. So what is a baby fur for the people who are out there that aren't that knowledgeable about that segment of the community uh what it is really is just um we're also abdls but we are furries as well so we kind of just mix the two together and just based off of stereotypes i know and stuff um you definitely don't sound like an ABDL, do you? <laughs> no, and that's that's honestly the <laughs> that's the number one thing I always get commented on is, oh, your voice is completely different. You don't seem like it. You don't act like it. And that's just how I've always been. But I'm also uh, of just a very very. And having like a deep voice does that ever make you feel like discouraged or like discriminated against? in the community for having a voice like that? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Very, um, like so many people are just like, oh, how can you, you know, dress up all cutesy in your onesie and your diaper and whatnot and just have this very, very, like, deep voice. And, you know, to, to tell people uh, very just straightforward, it's like I'm, like I've been saying in the beginning, it's just I'm, I come from a more dominant background, but this is a side of me that I don't want to neglect and just embrace. But, you know, obviously when people do get to know me, the voice does get a lot higher pitched. Talking about like how that kind of made you feel like kind of outcasted, if that's a good word to put for that. No, that, that's, um, that's a perfect word. Do people give you like negative feedback for that? Uh, I mean, within the community, not so much. If anything, I've been asked, one of my friends asked me if I would do like a story time thing where uh, I would read like bedtime stories and make them into little audio files for others to hear. Um, which, again, me being more naturally dominant, it does intrigue my uh, curiosity to somewhat give back to the community 
Um, but never, like I said, never have I been outcasted or anything within the community. Wow. Uh, some little sort of like ask you these story, like story times and stuff. So somebody uh, sent me a message and they're like, "Oh, you should have somebody read stories." And so we said, <laughs> "I was like, wow, that's coincidence." I think yeah. not. <laughs> um, no, I, I would. I would honestly be really interested in doing that. It's just a matter of pushing my shyness aside and like having the confidence to actually do it. Um, but I would definitely love to read bedtime stories for others if needed or if wanted, honestly. And so leaning back into my interrogation with you about <laughs> not completely fitting, fitting in in the community for um, multiple different reasons from having that deep voice to um, just like not fitting the stereotype of a skinny white male twink yeah. with you know a super femboy you know voice um are there's are there moments where you kind of just like you just don't feel like you're part of that community because you're outside of all these different norms yeah um i definitely feel that more more than once a week i'll put it that way i mean as you were saying um not skinny. I'm nowhere near skinny. I'm, uh, to put it for your viewers, I'm six one Hispanic, uh, bigger built broad shoulders and obviously the deep voice. And in my head, especially having like anxiety and stuff like that, it very, I very much discourage myself because it's like all these cutesy accounts that I see of like friends and people that I do want to be friends with. It's like, hmm, how can I do that? Um, how can I do that confidently without me getting into my own head of like, oh, like no one else is bigger. No one else is like what I see. I don't see very many Hispanics or let alone, as you can see, I'm tatted, like tattooed here, tattooed here. I, I have had the fortune of nearly fan into all the boxes that you usually see. You know, I have, you know, I'm Asian, I'm very youthful looking, um, you know, I'm under six foot, uh, <laughs> my voice is kind of high, and I'm also um, submissive. And so, like, I fit all these boxes, but for me, as a color person, I've, um, I felt not part of communities because of the fact that, like, I'm not white. And so I understand that pain and like the weird voice in your head's like, well, are you really a part of this? Or yeah. Or you just try and pretend you are. So, oh man, speaking, speaking the exact words that I think. <laughs> so I grew up in a very white dominant area. And so, you know, mm -hmm. people used to call me Chiman and I'm Filipino. Oh, are you? And I was one out of like two Asians in this whole town. And so I grew up hating myself as a person. And like, it destroyed me because it, I wanted to be white. I wanted to be 
you know, this type of person that I could not change. Like there was no way for me to just like wake up one day and just poof, be white, you know? <laughs> and like my brain always told me, if, you, if you're not white, you ain't right. I got into this community instantly. What I saw based off algorithms was I'm still not a part of the community. I, I definitely feel that. Um, grow, growing up here uh, in, well, I'll just discreetly say Mormonville, and that'll probably give away where I am located, but it, it was the same here. Um, predominantly white from junior high to high school, uh, even though I do now still have my, you know, my colored friends from Asian to Hispanics and, um, it was still like a, even though I had those friends, it was like a staggering number were just Caucasian. And no matter how much I wanted to fit in with those friends, it was like, I felt outcasted because more or less I was like the one of a handful of colored friends that they had. So I've always made a joke of I am the tax bracket that every person's looking for. Oh, I am, you know, I'm, I'm gay, I'm colored, um, I'm a veteran, and I'm just like all these different things where in different situations, I'm just, I'm the minority for the reason of being the minority so nobody can ask questions yeah i oh man geez that that like really resonated too um now in, in the same way that you felt or feel currently whether that's changed or not is actually how i've felt the entire time because it's like like no matter how many times i go hang out with friends whether it's you know just regular friends or automotive friends it's like even then like yeah it's it's the one thing that bonds me with those friends but like i said just it doesn't change the feeling of like being outcast because i'm the one bigger hispanic male who's pan and just sticks out like a sore thumb especially with you know as ignorant friends that i have you know just making redundant comments and jokes and it's like uh, you know like they don't see how much it does affect me deep inside when I just like sit there and smile and give a thumbs up. But no, it, it, it does make you still feel like an outcast no matter what. But that's why I do love this community, especially the pub community, because I see more people that are almost, I wouldn't say same, but similar to me as in like bigger pubs and more, uh, more, I would say, uh, masculine sounding and it it very much makes me feel more at home to have pup friends than honestly i have my automotive friends talking about um pups allowing there to be a sense of community for you one thing i've realized is um when pups have their hoods on and stuff you never you never really like try and figure out like if they're black if they're white they're hispanic if they're Latino, you know, you're never trying to figure this out. You're just meeting the person and what you see is like their hood. And so there's times where I've talked to a pup and stuff at events and then they take off and I'm like, oh, I didn't realize you were black. 
never, you know, it never occurred to me because all I'm looking at is their puphood and their eyes. And their eyes tell me a different story, you know. It shows that they're super sensitive or they're, you know, they want to have a sense of community with them. And it allows us, I think, as a community to break down barriers because the fact of we are not seeing people based off their skin tone, but off their personality first. Oh, exa- exactly. Um, oh, that that reminds me of uh, the first time I went to Pride after coming out, actually, which was this last Pride. And in the festival, we we have a parade, and in the midst of the parade, I saw like five other pups. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to go meet them and, like, talk to them. And it, it was more of, like, these are these are a group of people that I want to be friends with because it's like I know if I go talk to them, there's no judgment. There's no, there's no anything at all. It's just other pups being pups and being happy about it. What can the ABDL community do to help, like, fix that problem of discriminating against people without trying to we both kind of talked about how we felt sidelined by the community that we're a part of like we're the bench warmers so is there anything that the community itself can do to help make us and other people similar in our situation feel more welcome um communication honestly just me having my small bit of friends in the abdl community that are not pups i'm very grateful for them because no matter what they don't judge me or say anything about me being a pup or a baby for at all if anything they are very supportive and they're just like oh your your sona is very cute and is your hood based off of your sona and it's it's small things like that that are very encouraging to where it makes well me feel like I'm a part of the community, but also just like, just being able to talk to one another with no issue, like having before they were friends, I would always check on them because they would say something like they're having a rough time on their, on their day by day and just messaging them like, Hey, are you okay? You know, and just slowly communicating with them. And then they see that, Oh, you're into this and that, like, how do you feel about that? And just, it, it's, it's like an invite where it's like, okay, cool. What I'm into isn't being like pushed to the side, like everyone else does. And I think that's important is for people in the community, if they see that, you know, we might have other kinks and are curious about it because they want to try or they're curious because they want to know why we do it. I think asking questions is an amazing thing. So like communicating, like you said, on the social media side of it is going out of your way to follow minorities in the community. So, you know, following black, Hispanic, um, Asian pups, and even following people who are outside of the norm of the body that we expect inside the kink community. So following, you know, more plus size pups or ABLs sharing their content and forcing the algorithm itself to promote more of that so we can see new accounts that are very similar to it or accounts that have already been established but have not as big of a following because of the way that the algorithm works yeah i i would definitely love to talk to i I would definitely love to talk to more (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I'd love to definitely talk to more people that are, I would say, more open-minded about it because at the end of the day, we all enjoy dressing up, being cute, and just having a good old time, whether it's getting padded and watching Bluey or, you know, having your nursery slash playroom where you can just have fun with, you know, toys and teethers and just, you know, what makes you happy because, I mean... In my personal opinion, I think, you know, a hood shouldn't determine whether we can't be friends or not. Big question that I love to ask everybody is, is an ABL a kink or a fetish for you? And let me give my definitions of what I mean by these. So a kink Please is do. more <laughs> of like a taboo versus a fetish, which is just directly sexual for you. Oh, I, I've never, I've never thought about it. Um, I, I guess I can't lean towards one or another because sometimes there are days where I just want to, when, when I come back from work or whatnot, and I just want to relax. There are times where I want to be just little and be padded and just watch cartoons all day. And then when my partner does want more of an intimacy thing, it doesn't bother me at all um because she knows that at the end of the day she'll after whatever we do she comforts me and then it it doesn't weird me out or anything but i do respect those who do separate those um entirely just for me it's there's kind of like no separation for me it's um it's a kink but it also does also fall into sexual play sometimes. And that's because, one, I'm a grown-ass adult, you know. But I can walk away from, you know, wearing it and stuff and not see it in a sexual way. Like, I just love wearing and padding. Like, to me, that's just... It brings me comfort. I just love to do it. (laughs) But if, you know, my boyfriend sees I'm in a pup hood and a diaper, I mean, I'm down to get railed like a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel that. I mean, that that was, I think, the last time where, um, because my partner, she's, uh, so backstory, my partner, she's actually never been with anyone uh, who's into these kind of kinks at all. I'm actually the one who introduced her because she got curious and found out about my ABDL side. And I thought, fuck this, this, that's the end of my relationship. And just, um, because it has been the one thing in the past that has ruined a relationship. And with her, she's like, no, it's your thing. I don't want to king shame you, but can you teach me more about it? And now it's to the point where, she'll ask me in the middle of like just laying there being a baby and she'll just be like, is this okay? And then all of a sudden I'm the one getting railed or next, you know, I switch to dominance out of nowhere. Welcome back from your potty break and everything. So I kind (laughs) of wanted to dive into uh, your relationship with your partner that you've talked about. How did the conversation originate when um, 
your partner kind of came to you about that? Funny enough, at first she thought that I was seeing someone else behind her back, but it was just when she saw the messages and everything, it was more I was venting to a friend about how do I bring this up? Because I'm scared that this relationship is going to fall apart. And, you know, it would be a deal breaker for most people because to others it is taboo and weird. And But she, she was, in my opinion, giving me like certain looks and was bringing up very, very certain topics like, oh, how would you feel about this or that? And then I just, in my head, I was like, did she go through my phone? And then I realized that my messages were open and I was like, ah. So as shy as I am, I was just, I sat down next to her and I was like, by chance, did you look at these and find out some stuff? And she goes, yeah, but I just wanted you to come to me because as you can see, I'm still here for you and supportive of you in whatever you're into and don't want it to be something that discourages me from like my head overthinking itself into in oblivion. And from there, she was super supportive. and was like, Oh, well, what is it about it? What do you like? What else do you like? And since then, she's just always been supportive of, of what I've been into and even helped me customize my first hood uh, to look like my persona as best as I could. After talking about these things, she wanted to try the little and uh, dominant dynamic. And then that went from that went from there into the little and caregiver role. And she's now a little, which has helped, has helped me out to be the caregiver that I naturally am. But she knows that when I'm having a stressful day or just like, bleh, you know, it, she'll ask me like, Hey, do you want to, do you want me to get you padded and choose a onesie for you and whatnot? Because when I'm little, I don't like choosing. I like being surprised and just being dressed up. So very much, we just switch back and forth. So you've corrupted her with the... With the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <I'm, laughs> I've, I've made this joke. <laughs> and it, it, I've, I've literally... I've literally said that in... I want to say like a a couple of months after that first encounter and just like, wow, I've really corrupted you. You went from like this vanilla person to now there's toys everywhere. And I'm very open about being a pup and a baby fur, et cetera. And she's even uh, technically a baby fur as well. Now you guys ever butt heads because you both are in little space and you guys are both craving their caretaker um, role to come on to you guys and you guys are both like who's gonna make the first move <laughs> uh no no um thankfully um no we we have like in, intimate photos where we're actually both little and we're both in onesies and even for halloween we both decided hey let's go get lilo and stitch onesies and I got Stitch because I love blue and I love Stitch. And she was Angel. Um, and we took so many photos and just loved Halloween that day because it was just we were embracing our true selves. Um, but we've never really butt heads or anything, which I'm grateful for because I'm not one for conflict. <laughs> Do you feel like since she knows now and now since you've infected her with the little plague. Do you feel like that has helped you 
feel more a part of the community or feel a little bit more a sense of being loved for who you really are. Definitely. Definitely do. Um, Cause even days where like, I like I'm admitting now, like how I feel sidelined and not a part of the community. She nurturing um, characteristics. She just always makes me feel like no matter what, I will always be the cutest pup, the cutest little boy ever. And just, I will always be loved. I will always be worthy and um, just, I will never be ashamed of who I am. I'm very proud to be uh, a pup in diapers and everything when I'm around her. Now it's time to ask a whole bunch of random quick little questions. Oh boy. So <laughs> do you have like a favorite, like little food that you love to eat? Mac and cheese. I love mac and cheese so mac much. <laughs> what type of mac and cheese? That's the real question. Yeah. Mac and cheese. And obviously being Mexican, I love little, uh, we, we call them pan dulce, but it's like a, a sweet bread. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, she'll surprise me by going to like, uh, our local, uh, bakery and get like my favorite bread and come back. And I'm just like, Oh, I love this so much. And then she'll just immediately like run to the room without me knowing and just immediately have an outfit for me. And then I just, yeah, I just, it makes me, it makes me feel so small when she surprises me with my favorite bread. Do you have a favorite drink when you're in little space? The apple juice. Apple juice all the way. Apple juice. Now it's the juicy juice? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, and I have apple juice right now. <laughs> <laughs> So for um, for me and stuff like I have a blue navy cam- camo um, sippy cup and stuff, and there's times where I'll just be like I'll like throw it at my boyfriend because um, I have two boyfriends. One is daddy, and the other one mm-hmm. is a little. So like I'll throw it at the daddy and be like, Rah! he's like, you want some water? <laughs> I'm like, I guess. You'll know, come back and stuff, and like you'll just randomly sometimes hear me just in the middle of night go, my cup from sucking on it, and I like put between like my pillows and stuff. And he's like, "You can't have it; it'll spill." I'm like, "No, it won't." Oh yeah, like no, I don't. I don't have a sippy cup yet, but she will notice that like. Um, what is it? I do this to her. It's my little thing, but, um, I'll tap with my fingers and just like start making like small little beats or music and just like start humming and, and it, it, she'll just be like, Oh, what are you doing? And I just immediately pause with embarrassment, like nothing, like nothing at all. Um, I, I pout. Um, I like to do that jumping up and thing where I'm like, <laughs> you ever seen like, um, gosh, what is it called? It's the movie that has the kangaroo song. It's like kangaroo song, kangaroo song, kangaroo song. All right, all right, God, oh, you were normal I, I yesterday. Yeah, I know, I know which one. It's uh, it's with Adam Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What what is it? Big Dad? No. 
Is it Big Daddy? I don't know. I, th I swear it has something daddy, like Lil Daddy, Big Daddy, something like that. <laughs> I think, yeah, because I, I, why did I, I think of Scuba Steve. <laughs> yeah, and um, I do that jumping up and down thing. That's literally what I do. <laughs> and so we were just, wa we just got done watching a couple episodes of Bluey, like 13 episodes, while mm -hmm. we fucked like flies. It was amazing. And I literally stopped because the fact I was like, I was like, look, look, and it was like cartoons, cartoons, cartoons. <laughs> all right, all right, I got it. I was like, it's the kangaroo song. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, so I do that. I've held, I've held two. I've held two, but I, I keep like nudging my partner over and over. <laughs> But then when when she looks at me, she goes, "What? What? Like, what is it? What do you want?" I just go, "I I don't know. I just like, I just like being a brat and bothering you." <laughs> like, or um, I hold on to my daddy's thumb if we're going mm -hmm. somewhere. And stuff. If I'm like, don't know where I'm going, I'll like hold on to the thumb. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I've just always done because um. My whole family has done it too. Like instead of like trying to have like a kid hold their adult hand because a kid's hand's so yeah. small, you can hold on to <laughs> a finger and the whole hand can go around the finger. So since like I was little, I've always just held on to a thumb, and like I've just never given up. And so like when I told that to my dad, he was like, "That's so adorable." I was like, "No, it's not." <laughs> No, oh, it's not I, cute. I, it's not cute. He's like, <laughs> oh yes, it is. Oh, uh, and like my partner, she'll she'll catch me like uh, fidgeting with my fingers when we're out at the mall or just out and about, and she'll notice like like I said, just like fidgeting with my fingers and not even saying a word, and then she'll be like, hey, are you okay? And then like she'll notice, and I just like grab onto her shirt, like the bottom of her shirt. When I am in public and I don't know something, and even like Lobo, Lobo is you know it's a big event that happens in Ohio, Washington D.C., Pittsburgh. And yeah, I've, I've actually been wanting to go. There we go and stuff. I literally always like, I just grab onto my daddy. I'm like follow him and stuff or if i'm trying to lead i'll have his thumb i'll like drag him along and then i just like proceed to hide behind him when like somebody tries to talk to us i'm like it's your turn and he'll be like oh yeah da, 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 da. and i'll just like kind of like poke him and be like i'm also apollo hi he's like this is my boyfriend <laughs> apollo um sometimes shy as I'm like, I'm, as I'm like, I'm drinking a blue motherfucker. I'm like, just like <laughs> chugging this thing down and trying to like get yeah. my daddy's blue motherfucker. And he's like, no, the event doesn't start until nine. It's only eight. I'm like, <laughs> more. <laughs> Always more. Yeah. And if I'm really good, I get a euro at the end of the night. It's like my best part. I'm like, ooh, a euro. Because there's this euro guy that <laughs> sits outside of the club. And he always, every time he sees us, he's like, guys, how have y'all been? I haven't seen you for a while. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I really, I still want to go to a Lobo. 
events so bad. Um, cause you, you, like you said, it was, it's in, uh, Ohio, right? Yeah. There's one Ohio, one in Pittsburgh, um, one in Chicago and one in Washington, DC. Yeah. And I've, I've actually been meaning to come out to Ohio because I have uh, a lot of, uh, automotive friends and, uh, also, uh, little friends as well. And I remember when I first heard about Lobo, I was like, this seems way too good to be true. And it's just like, to me, it's like the one place I want to go to because it's just a really big gathering of ABDLs and pops and good music. And it's just, it it just sounds like so much fun to me to just want to go. It truly is truly fun. Trying to sneak by again. Why you gotta sell me out, bro? Because your butt's in the way. (laughs) (laughs) Not that big. Anyways, that was the daddy. He's a hello. He's a rock star. Hi there. I try to be. <laughs> but yeah, that's it's a very it's a very overall it's a very interesting event and I love it. And slowly we've been able to bring more and more Abels to come. So when it first started there was about three or four of us Abels. Now there's like fifteen of us and it's amazing. Oh, like geez. It was literally one night, there was about 11 of us on the dance floor. There was this wedding crew that was at this club for this bachelorette party. They're doing shots with all of us littles in our diapers, and we're like, just dancing and stuff. And we're like, you guys are so cool. We're like, yeah. She's like, you guys use us? We're like, yeah. She's like, that's so smart. We're like, yeah, it is. Oh, that just sounds like so much fun. <laughs> Highly recommend you hit one up. They're every first Friday of the month. Highly recommend them. I will definitely have to go uh, when I go visit my friends in Ohio because honestly, like visiting my friends, is it, it's it sounds fun and it will be fun, but just like going to somewhere where it's like others that are like that are like-minded individuals into the same thing. It's just like, that sounds way more fun to go to. Have you ever been able to go to Capcom? No, and I've I've been wanting to go to Capcom as well. Did you see how fast they sold out this year? No, because one of my, well, one of my friends told me like, hey, you should come to Capcom this year. I was like, yeah, I'll go. And I just never, never saw like any update. But then when I, uh, the one time that I did see an update, I was like, oh, let me see how much it is. It's sold out. And I was like, ah. Uh. Yeah, they sold out the same the day that they um, like did their tickets. Yeah. And, I, and then they're all asking, like, oh, are you going to come? I'm like, they sold out already. I can't go. Yeah, so, like, there's some top creators and stuff that I know that are part of me. Like, um, Mama Peach and her little Mario. They couldn't get a mm-hmm. ticket. Come on. Like, there were so many people. They were like, Dylan, are you going? I was like, I wish. <laughs> that's how I, That's exactly how I feel with all my friends. Like, are you going to come? I already got my ticket. I already have everything booked. Are you going to come? Like, are you going to start planning? It's like, well, I would if, you know, they, if they were still selling and not sold out. Have you ever attended Anthrocon? Not Anthrocon, but we do have one here. Um, I think it's and well, no, I can't. I can't be for certain, but we do have like a, a furry meet here 
in Utah. And I, me and my friend who got me into the whole furry community, we are debating on going to Denver when that pops up. Getting a little bit back more on topic. So this is one of my final questions I have for you. And the question is, um, where do you see yourself in five years in the community? Ooh, five years. Hopefully in five years, I will be going to more events and taking way more photos with friends and stuff and hopefully making more friends. Really care for the social media side of things. I just want to be able to meet other pops, ABDLs that, that, you know, that make me feel welcome when I go to these events and, and just have fun and, you know, just not feel like, oh, I'm coming here with no one that I know. And then what what can we do as a community to make that more of a reality? Uh, I guess it just leads back to communication. Um, I know, like, uh, how I was saying my friends that wanted me to go, they're not pups at all, actually. Like, majority of them, aside from two, are just ABDL, and they're just like, you have to come, you have to bring your hood, you have to, like, be this adorable pup and just show off, and I'm just like, I I do, I do have to go there. And then the final, final question is, um, what advice can you give to the listeners and anybody that is curious about um, being a pup, an ABDL, or um, a baby fur, even though we didn't touch much on that segment? Uh, for anyone listening, just just ask. Just communicate and ask any question that's obviously respective of the other person. But, yeah, just ask questions if you're curious and, you know, kind of dip your toes a little bit because it's not that bad. We're not – we don't bite, even though we're pups. We don't bite, um, but we are soggy, and we're just nice people that are just misunderstood. My advice to our listeners is chocolate milk is overrated. It's all about the chalky moo juice, actually. (laughs) Um, but in route, my actual advice is it's okay to think you're into something and to come out of it knowing that you aren't into it. And having the ability to define who you are as a person can only improve who you are as a person. So I like where that. can I like that a lot. <laughs> where can um, our listeners find you at? Uh, my Instagram handle is at lil.puppy.tigs and my Twitter is at puptigs. And then my Instagram is dylanblake underscore official with one eye. <laughs> and <laughs> my Twitter is Blake Dylan. And you can always email us at info at crinklepause.co or even text us at a number that I managed to get actually just recently for this podcast. So it is um, 740-760-6070. And so you guys are more than welcome to text that number and communicate with us as a team to help bring new ideas and bring on more guests. So... Thank you, everybody, and stay podcastic. Bye. <laughs>
by 